Welcome back to the Beerly Hockey Podcast, Puckheads. Once again, sponsored by Beerly Sports. I'm your host, Phil Razor. And guys, we got a lot to go over tonight. But before we get into a little Stanley Cup final preview and a little bit of how we got here and some news at the end, let's introduce you to the boys. And we'll start off with the Anthony, Anthony, see you, Aaron Kinney, and the Domestikov, Nate McBride. Aaron, we'll start with you, my friend. Uh, buddy, we just had Memorial Day weekend, long weekend, boys are rejuvenated, ready for some fucking hockey, but before we get there, how you doing? What are we drinking? Dude, I am doing pretty damn well outside of the fact that my Dallas Stars futures are all dead. Um, to commemorate my friends down there in the Lone Star State, I am drinking a Lone Star beer here tonight, nice. and just, you know... Funeral for Dallas, real bummer, but Memorial Day weekend was awesome. Uh, went up to North Canton with a girlfriend, had a nice little family birthday party for her up there, then had a hell of a day kayaking on Monday, out on the river all day, enjoying the sun. We've had beautiful weather up here in Ohio lately, so just firing on all cylinders over here, boys. Love it. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Get outside, drink some beers. Nate, how you doing, buddy? How was your long Memorial Day weekend, and what are we drinking tonight? Oh, man. It was a great long Memorial Day weekend. Spent some time down in the south and yeah, sure. down in the Asheville, North Carolina area. Yeah. Played a little golf, got a little drunk, had a great time. Hell yeah. Uh, now, now sitting here, ready to talk some Stanley Cup final with you boys. And tonight for my beer choice, heading back down towards the Ohio River with our friends from Jackie O's. New beer, Ricky! Ricky. Oh, dude. Jackie O's Ricky the American, the American Golden Nail. Yeah, I love Jackie O's Ricky. Love it, Great Nate. Beer. Great Phenomenal. beer. Phenomenal beer, boys. Phenomenal beer. Uh, boys, I myself had a little bit of a, a weekend. We had a bachelor party here in Charlotte. I got very lucky in that regard. What was unlucky was that the bachelor came here because he wanted to go to the Coca-Cola 600 on Sunday. Wait, 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 all... wait. You guys both had bachelor parties in North Carolina at the same time for different people? Yep. Yeah, we were probably we were probably about uh, what did you say, Phil? Like hundred miles apart. Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's awesome. What a coincidence. Yep. I know. Small, it was a small world, uh, but yeah, we were supposed to go to Coca Cola Six Hundred. It's a big ass deal here in Charlotte. Home of racing since nineteen sixty. NASCAR Hall of Fame is uh, located here, and uh, <clears throat> race got rained out till Monday. So I went on Monday with the Bachelor. He flipped his his flight around so he could go. For our loyal listeners, it was my buddy Fish who came on the show, you know, back in the end of 2022. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we went. My first NASCAR race, had a great time. Boys, NASCAR is criminally underrated. You can bring your own yeah. food. And, you can bring your own food and booze in. I mean, say less. Yes. Yeah, they, they have to find they have, in there in the infield. They have to find a way to still draw a crowd. And yeah. if... You know, and if people saving a little money on booze is the way to do it, by all means, man. Because you can charge. Because if you're charging them a lot for the ticket, hey, let them bring in whatever the fuck they want, minus yep. guns and alcohol, minus guns and drugs. Yeah. Oh, I'm I mean, sure it was... there's plenty of drugs are still bringing in there, man. A lot of tobacco and nicotine. That's right. It's true. People, people just like chucking heaters in the fucking concourse. It's great. I... I'm gonna um, I'm gonna have a hot take here, boys. I think there's probably some meth going on at the NASCAR races. Just let's let's get that out on the table here. That's that's like the Breaking Bad RV sitting there on the infield infield there, just yelling, "I can turn left better than you." 
We'll uh, say we'll save that for when they we open up a beerly NASCAR. Okay, okay. <laughs> facts, facts. I love it, boys. Let's hop into it. And before we get into the preview, um, you know, last time we recorded, we still had the uh, Vegas Golden Knights and Dallas Stars doing battle, and uh, they went to a game six back in Dallas. But uh, I think all the all the Dallas Stars really did was show up that night because they sure as hell didn't show out. Vegas just absolutely throttled them. Six nothing, Aaron. I'm, I'm assuming you, you know, caught most of that game. But holy shit, dude. dude! I mean, you talk about a winner go home. Jamie Ben's back, and that's the fucking performance you give. Yeah, it's everything about that game just screamed Dallas was out of gas, man. It's you'd think you'd get a little bit of a shot in the arm with your captain coming back, but you you got to think here, man. You just fought your way off the mat. Uh, two incredible performances, by the way. I need to give credit where credits due. Games four and five, especially game five, man, Dallas just, like, they would never say die. You're missing Jamie Benn. You're missing Evgeny Dodonov. Jake Ottinger showed out. Dude, tied DeLandre with two goals to lead him to victory in game five. Like, mm-hmm. the Dallas Stars, I, I cannot be upset with that performance. Like, they did everything they could, and they just absolutely ran out of gas. Like, they went back home for game six, and Vegas – from the very beginning, I think it was like three or four minutes in, man. Uh, they just had that four check down low. Dallas just looked a little bit of step behind in their own end, and they were blowing coverages. Uh, as soon as like things started to break down the defensive zone, Vegas got their cycle going. It, Dallas just couldn't track them in out front. It, it was a 6 nothing loss in game six, and the number of times that, like, you had one defenseman like playing the Vegas forward in the zone pretty well, and he just finds a way to get the puck through him somehow. And there's just a man untagged wide open in the slot. It, it, it was just, it was too much to not enough, man. I, uh, Vegas's depth really, really showed up. Their fourth line was responsible for, I believe, three of their goals. William Carlson alone had two. Hell of a playoffs for him, man. Um, yeah. Keegan Colasar. He's leading. He's their leading. Impressive. Right now, right now, William Carlson leads the Vegas Golden Knights in goals in the playoffs with ten. Yep, I, um, I was going to throw that out there later, Nate. I like that. That's that's a great stat. Absolutely, and my and Eichel Eichel's up there on assists. Might as well might as well just kind of touch on it real quick, like what are they what they're looking like, and you know he's also well, their hold points on, hold leader. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get there, we're going to do previews of each team. Okay. We're going to do, pre- do previews, boys. Nate, I love where your head's at. I'm gonna. I, I just. I'm. Goddamn. Just want to. No, we're gonna do. We're gonna do previews of each team. That being said, Nate, I want to throw it over to you. Is there anything you would have done differently if you were Dallas after winning games four and five? It's like, all right, you know, you're down three nothing, but it's kind of like game on now. Is there any adjustments you would have made as the Dallas Stars, either you know, head coach or GM, you know, putting in people's ears that you thought they should have done that they didn't do? I feel like you. I feel like I know what you want me to, or what you might want me to say here. And I think it's the really. I mean, you won games four and five without Jamie Ben, and then he comes back, and you lose game six. Hindsight's always twenty twenty, but shit, man. Should you have brought it? Should you have brought back Jamie Ben? I know he's your captain. I know he wears the fucking C, but. Dude, you won. You the only two games of the series you won were the games he was out. 
I mean, Aaron, Aaron, do you have a rebuttal? Dude, I hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Like, and, and it's I don't, always like, I don't, oh, you I, don't want to yeah, change I, the winning lineup. But a guy who is second on your team in points in the regular season, a guy who's like your emotional lifeblood. It and it wasn't just Jamie Ben. That's the thing. Like the entire Dallas team just didn't quite have that extra step that Vegas did. Vegas, they cranked up the heat in Game Six. Like they were forechecking and cycling just so so aggressively versus what they had done in the previous two games i it's just the dallas defense is my bigger concern i mean jamie ben wasn't necessarily like standing there flat-footed for any of those goals it was all the defense man and like you'd have one d-man tagging his guy and then the other guy would be a little bit just a step behind his guy or Vegas really they they exploited the trailer too on the rush. Like I talked about them down low, but on the rush there were like three or four chances where you got two Vegas forwards coming into the zone, your D's tracking back kind of covering them and there's just nobody to cover the trailer. The trailer's wide open, high in the yeah. slot. So yeah. it's I think the whole team was just out of gas, man. I mean, they've they played an incredibly physical series with Minnesota. That took a whole lot out of them. Then you go seven games against Seattle, which Seattle, it, we've talked about it so many times. They've got four second lines, man. They're just rolling and speeding and wearing you down. Jake Ottinger has played more games this season than any other goalie in the playoffs by a mile. I think they just ran out of gas, man. I I think it was just like they, they blew their emotional load getting off the mat and extending the series, and they just didn't quite have enough to get past Vegas. And, like, Vegas is bottom six too. Like, it it was like Seattle again, except with more talent. You you just got four lines of of skaters coming over the boards, sprinting up and down the ice, and you just can't quite keep pace. I don't think it's on one guy. I don't think it's on Jamie Ben. I don't think it's on changing you know the feng shui of the team like that. It's it's just the whole the whole team just wasn't quite there, and it's you can't blame them for all the tough hockey they played this year. Yeah. It, it, it was a brutal season for them. They made a bunch of great uh, trade deadline acquisitions, bringing in, you know, uh, Evgeny Dadnov and Max Domi. A lot of guys going on the free agent market. We'll see. Max Domi came out today and said he, he's like, I'd love to re-sign here. We'll see if uh, if Jim Nill does that. He was so um, good but, yeah. in the playoffs too, dude. He That's a guy who really just poured it all out. Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. So, we we can put a bow on that series and one uh, more thing here. One more thing. Oh yeah. So there's been uh, there's been a little bit of speculation about a potential Ryan Suter buyout. That's the one deadline addition they didn't make. Man, uh, a D man who could kind of fill some of those minutes that he's been eating up because he's he's a step slow. He held his own for a few games in these playoffs, but really he he was exposed a lot. Man, he he made the mistake that cost him the lead in game two. And he just, he has been exposed throughout these playoffs. Just a step slow, not quite the right decision-making, turnovers at the offensive blue line. That's a guy that you really would have liked to have playing on, like, the third pair, but you were forced to play him a lot more because he didn't add any depth on the blue line. And you could save a few million bucks for the next couple seasons if you buy him out. I, I don't know I'll that they you. will, but it's it's got to be something they're looking at, right? 
you got to look at that, and then something you absolutely have to address in your offseason is if you want to keep going in, in the playoffs, you got to have a second goalie. you got to have a second dude between the pipes that you can trust. And I get it that Ottinger had the hot hand going through this playoffs, and he, he was great, but you had to realize at some point that the gas was going to run out. And and I think that's addressed by a backup in the regular season. Like, it, you keep his his starts. That's what I, down, that's what like, I mean. You, yeah, you, if you can keep you his find starts a guy, like the low fifties, then he's gonna have a lot more once the postseason hits. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, one hundred percent, boys. So <clears throat> we'll see where Dallas goes moving forward. I mean, this team is loaded. You know, Robertson turning on at the end there too. Uh, later, last couple of games. So I mean, all signs point in the direction that the Stars are gonna be right back in it in the thick of it next season. But, boys, the Stanley Cup final that everybody predicted, right? Out of the, I mean, truthfully, out of, out of the West, it's only – it's kind of – I wouldn't say it's shocking. Top three odds come out of the West. Vegas Golden Knights, man, they were the number one overall seed out there, won the Pacific Division, had 111 points this year. Um, you know, Vegas kind of makes sense. But, boys, they're taking on the Florida Panthers, who finished 19 points behind them in the standings with 92 out of the East. For Vegas, it's their second time ever making it to the Stanley Cup final. They did lose in five to the Washington Capitals the first time they made it. And the Florida Panthers made it in their second season of existence. Uh, they still have never lost a conference finals. And the Florida Panthers are back in. I do have a few more things before we hop in. I know the boys have their, um, you know, breakdowns and we'll, we'll get into a little analysis here. Um, regular season, uh, these teams split the 2022-2023 season series. The Golden Knights lead at all-time 6 or 6-3-1 against Florida. Uh, and the all-time, boys, it, I mean, I didn't, I haven't verified this, but it's got to be the least amount of games between two teams ever meeting at a Stanley Cup final after uh, the Capitals and the Vegas Golden Knights. So probably second all-time, I would have to say. Um, it's two teams with no cups. So guaranteed cup going to a non-traditional hockey market, which, uh, I think everybody here would agree that's a that, that is a win at the end of the day um we're getting a cup going somewhere fun and honestly even if you're a fucking neutral man if you want to go to a game or go party in a city you get vegas and fort lauderdale jesus christ i mean the travel for the teams is going to be obnoxious but you know if you're a fan that's like man i want to go experience what a stanley cup final atmosphere feels like you could do a lot worse than fort partydale in viva las vegas um Guys, we'll, we'll break each team down, you know, forwards, D-men, uh, goaltender, and then obviously at the end we'll give X-factors and, um, you know, what we, you know, our predictions. Going into it, though, uh, you know, we, we can talk about storylines up and down the lineups here. You got, you know, KG veteran Sergei Bobrovsky going up against Aiden Hill. We have, you know, two really strong defensive cores, one of them better at moving the puck, one of them very sound defensively. One of my least favorite, one of my least favorite Stanley Cup Finals in recent history. Yeah, well, that that was going to be my opening thing. Is you know, looking back on it, we've had a lot of Western dominance. You know, in terms of the, you know since since 2010, with Chicago, LA, and um, you know last year we had Colorado win it. Um, that being said, though, do you boys think? And this is just me me throwing it out there. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we had St. Louis win one too. Um, we've had the Tampa Bay Lightning in three, you know, three of the last five now, essentially. Do we think that the state of hockey is an under in Florida is an underrated hockey state 
is Florida, are we finally admit that it's an underrated hockey state? Or is what the Panthers doing just an absolute anomaly? And then the flip of that, is hockey finally solidified itself in Las Vegas? Is that a hockey town? So I want to kind of mush all that together and kind of talk about that before we get into the breakdown. Yeah, well, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not giving Vegas. I'm not giving Vegas a hockey town title yet. I'm not there because a it's it's been fucking handed to them since day one. Since day one, what this franchise is has been absolutely gifted to them by Gary Bettman in the NHL. This is a complete backhand to any team like the Minnesota Wild, the Columbus Blue Jackets winnipeg whatever dude it's a complete backhand to them because you gifted them what was just a phenomenal fucking team and in in an expansion draft and then you gave seattle the same exact thing and look at that seattle's right back seattle's in the playoffs in their second season it's just absolute all you know these last two expansion markets it's like it's like they've gone into the mindset of we they have to be good. They have to be a hit right away. And sure enough, within the first six seasons of their existence, Vegas has now made their second Stanley Cup final. Nate, would you say that it's an era to, you know, preemptive strike here? Nate, would you say it's kind of a microcosm of society now? When, when the Blue Jackets and Wild came in, everyone's like, hey, we understand. we got to take time to develop. And now we live in the, the era of instant gratification. Would you say it's kind of a microcosm of that? I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter if you're yeah. gonna make one. If you're gonna make one team struggle, you don't just adapt it. You don't just adapt your expansion to make to make to tickle society's fucking fancy. Fuck off with that shit, man. You gave them the best possible team, and they still have a lot of their original guys that were on there. Like it is. I mean, Braden McNabb, fucking Mark Stone, William Carlston. Stone came over from Ottawa. But yeah, Carlson, yeah. Marcheseau, Riley Smith. Yeah, you're right there. I, I I would have to say I think Vegas is a hockey town just because like I mean Probably because obviously of this. obviously you gotta see what they're like when the team's not good to really solidify it there. But I mean, this this city, this was their first ever pro sports franchise. That this is the first team that the actual residents of Vegas have had to root for. There's everybody there. Basically, they know it's a tourist town. People come in. They're like, oh, you know, we want to come for the casinos and blah blah blah. And it's like uh, the actual residents of Vegas haven't really had anything that's just their own, uh, like until the Golden Knights. So I've I've got to give it to them. Like they they have shown up. The arena's always packed, and part of that's probably because the team is good. I do agree with you, Nate. Like. I don't think they should have made the expansion rules like bad to force them to struggle. I just think like every expansion team should have been given those rules back in the day. Like ideally you want to make your new markets have at least a chance to be competitive. And I think they've done that well with Vegas and Seattle, but it's just a shame that they weren't able to do that with the previous expansion teams from years past. So is that is so that's how we that's how we just get to look at it and call it a shame. No, oh, it's a it's a oh shucksy doodles. Wish well, we would have done that back in the day. No, but I, I, I guess I wish they would. But I guess you know hindsight's like, twenty twenty, right? It, it's you not, know, I it's guess not just that. that. It's just like you can't go back and change it. Like it, I, my personal life philosophy but, but so, is not so to you, waste energy getting pissed off about things I can't change. So like 
Try to do no, better I'm gonna in the future. No, I'm going to get pissed off about things because that makes for great fucking that content. That does make for Aaron. great content. I, I do like that. So, name. so I need you to start up. Nate, get stay off mad. Yeah, stay get mad, off your Nate. logical yeah, stay shit. Stay mad, Nate. It keeps, it, it keeps us interesting. But no, yeah, I, it, I do agree with you. It is. Well, it, and, there's, and an easy, just, there's an easy way to fix this. There's an easy way they could have fixed this. Use the same exact rules that they did for Minnesota and Columbus when you brought in Vegas and Seattle. I know, I know how they're going to fix this. Euthanize. Vegas. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I no, will. I do uh, want to touch on what you said about Florida, though, Phil. Like Florida being a hockey state. No, I I don't I'll think the, this is the first time that we've seen packed Panthers arenas when they're making this run. I yeah. even when they won the President's Trophy last year, man, they weren't turning out the way they are right now. And I don't think that teams being good make a state a hockey state. I I just really don't. You look at how empty and dead that arena was, and part of it's because of the location of it. I mean, they got it out in the middle of nowhere. You can't just walk to the arena or walk down, like, the strip or anything. There's nothing around it. But no. even, like, Tampa, they they won that cup in 2004. They kind of had a little bit of a lull, and then they had a lot of success after that. It's like the, the players aren't from there most of the time. The, the management's not necessarily from them. The owner's are somewhat from there but like it's i'm not going to say they're a hockey state just because people who weren't from there have built successful teams out of players who aren't from there and the fans don't turn out unless they're good i think vegas is more of a hockey town than either of the florida towns i can agree with i can agree with that to an extent but buddy you i think make me sick no, I, I could agree with it to an extent because transplant cities make for great. Oh, I wasn't towns. talking. I wasn't talking to you. No, I know. I know. Uh, I think Tampa's a hockey town for sure. I, Tampa, not... Tampa's about there. Yeah, I, I would say that. And and they've done a great job with like the arenas downtown. They have the block parties outside. They've like they've built that around it. But yeah, like for your question, the whole state of Florida, I don't think so. I, I think outside of Tampa, and like you look at Panthers games. Anytime like a prominent visiting team comes in, there's more of that team's jerseys from the transplants who've moved down there than the team on the ice. You know, it's it's not Detroit where everybody's packing in there even when the team's terrible. It, you know, it's it, I, I can't give them that title until they are showing up for the bad times. You know, you know what I think really helps the Florida Panthers, not just winning. Winning, you know, cures all ailments in terms of fan bases, um, but. I think Matthew Kachuk, it makes all the difference for that team. I think Jonathan Huber, Jonathan Huberdeau, Alexander Barkov, Aaron Ekblad, they're very vanilla. They're they're all great players in their own right, but they're very boring. Matthew Kachuk is Florida man encapsulated in hockey form, and I think that is what makes it interesting because he's great. He scores goals. You know, he assists his teammates. He's gritty as fuck. And he'll throw his body and put it on the line for the team. He'll put, he would take a Doug Glatt shot to the face on the goal line, and you know, get all have his teeth knocked out and carried off by his teammates if it means that they would win the game. Yeah. Matthew Kachuk would do that. Jonathan Uber does not doing that. So, I don't think they've had you know over an extended period of time a player like that, maybe ever, but especially in the last ten years. And now they have that guy that can relate to the fan base, someone that any guy can watch. And go, God damn it! I love the way he plays the game. He's fun, you know. Even for a casual hockey fan, or maybe somebody who doesn't know anything about hockey at all, but their buddies are watching it, and they live in Florida, and the fucking Miami Heat are in the final, you know, 
in the NBA finals. They got two eight seeds essentially in the in the respective final of each sport, which is just ridiculous when you think about it. And, you know, most of them down there probably prefer basketball. I think, you know, in terms of geographic, Florida is much more of a basketball, baseball, football state than it would be a hockey state. And I agree with that. But you have, uh, you know, everyone is going to, you know, even if you're not a hockey guy, you're getting hyped for the Miami Heat. And on the days they're not playing, there's a hockey game on. You're going to be all jazzed up. You're going to watch it. And you don't really have to know and understand hockey strategy the way the three of us do and millions of other fans do. To watch Matthew Kachuk play and go, God damn, this guy just throws his body around like a crazy person. And and then he scores a goal or he sets a teammate up or they go on a power, you know, on a power play and there he is just ripping fucking wristers from the slot, you know, scoring game winning goals with four seconds up to win a series. I think a guy like him really puts them on the map. And if he can do it for five, you know, three to five plus years at, a, at an extremely high level, like he did this season, 100 plus points, you know, heart caliber play. I think we could talk about that as a conversation in Florida moving forward. But I, I agree that I don't think it's a hockey state yet, but I think right now hockey is red hot there. And I think Tampa solidified itself as a hockey town. I don't really think it's a question anymore. I do think, though, that if the Florida Panthers can gain some momentum, I mean, hell, win a cup this year and be competitive for the next two to three years even, then that's a, that's a way to get it in the Miami area that would really solidify it as a hockey state, in my opinion. And I but, think I think Kachuk yeah. also, like, you talked about, like, Barkov. He is, in my opinion, just as good a player as Kachuk. But I, I think what Kachuk brings off the ice is what helps grow the game. Like, he's a guy who will give you, like, the good sound bites in the interviews. He'll, he did a spot on TNT for the, uh, the NBA show during a Heat game. Like, he, mm-hmm. he's going out and, like, marketing the team and marketing the game – instead of like you said vanilla for the other guys i don't think they're playing the ice is vanilla but their their interviews and all their off ice stuff it that's that's been a criticism of hockey players for years it's always like very basic like not show a whole lot of personality deflect all the accolades to your team don't well you know, half your, don't well when half your guys when half your guys can barely speak english that contributes to it yeah yeah you do get some of that but then you get guys like uh I mean, Evgeny Malkin's Russian. He's got great sound bites sometimes. I, I just think Kachuk is that big personality off the ice, too, that, like, you'll see him doing spots on TNT or ESPN and be like, oh, man, that guy's entertaining even when he's not, like, playing this game that I don't know much about. Maybe I should check it out and watch him some. So I, I think he's helped a lot in that regard, too. I agree. I absolutely agree. You know what? When we're talking about the Florida Panthers, let's hop right in, boys. The Florida Panthers are in the Stanley Cup final. They are a team that won the President's Trophy last season, got knocked out by the Tampa Bay Lightning in round two. But this year, they have bounced back with a vengeance. They took care of a 3-1 deficit and came back to beat the team that we thought would be talking about here, the Boston Bruins. And then they went to the second round and just made absolutely quick work. Uh, why am I blacking on who they played, Jesus Christ? Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> no, no, that was that, that was this round. Who did they play in the second round? Why am I blacking uh, on that? Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto. It's because they're never uh, yeah. in the second round. You just didn't think of them as an option. Yeah, exactly. I, to- I totally brain farted there. Uh, they went and, you know, they, they took care of Toronto, just out physical them and had that, you know, crazy fucking photo of Gutis just right right in the face of the Tendi. And then, uh, you know, they took care of Carolina in, in you know, in four games. Rod Brindamore doesn't, still doesn't think they got swept, but they did. 
And now the Florida Panthers are here, man. And uh, a team with 92 points that snuck in by the hair on their chinny-chin-chin, they have a chance to win four games out of seven to take home the Stanley Cup. Holy shit, boys. That's a lot to say. Let's talk about the Florida Panthers, and let's start with what got them there. Uh, you know, outside of Matthew Gitchuk, their hottest player, Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah, Bobrovsky, man, he's been insane. 935 save percentage in the playoffs. He saved over 14 goals above average. Ever since it, he came in to start that game in Boston, it was a loss. I believe it was game four. But then game five, man, ever since that point, he has just been absolutely lights out. And, you know, he... His defense has helped him out a lot, especially against Carolina. Everything was kind of coming from the outside, and they really locked down the middle. But he made the saves he was supposed to make. He made a lot of saves he wasn't supposed to make, too. And he's a guy who, we mentioned before, he always plays better when he has time to rest. And you mentioned the travel in this series, Phil. Uh, this actually, the, the fact that there's so much travel, they've adjusted the schedule a little bit here. Every time the series shifts locations, you have a two-day break. So game one and two, two days off for travel. Game three and four, then you get two days off for travel to go back for game five, then two more days before game six. It's You're getting a lot of rest for that long travel for those off days there when you change locations. And I think that's going to benefit Bob a lot, especially the fact that they took care of Carolina in four games. You know, he's had a lot of time to rest and get his body back in shape. Yeah, he absolutely has. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the betting odds, I was looking at them earlier. Kachuk's obviously leading the way in their con Smythe, but Sergey Bobrovsky is right there. Um, He's been quintessential to their success. Success, excuse me. Um, they still haven't done super well on special teams in playoffs, however, but they've been effective enough to uh, obviously get to where they are. But also, um, they've withstood a few barrages. There were times where Carolina was really pouring it out them in the conference final, and it didn't matter. You know, even if they got around everybody and had a guy in the slot, there was Bob to just eat it up. So I tell you um, what, they're better on special yeah. teams than their opponent. Uh, yeah, that's true, and we'll get there soon. Um, facts. Uh, Aaron, let's talk about the blue line uh, for Florida as well, shall we? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to talk about Brandon Montour. He's been absolutely awesome. Uh, he, he's just a guy that he is so good in all three zones. This is the first year he's really turned it on in the D zone and worked at shutting down chances. But he, he just is a complete force out there. He controls the play, breaks the puck out. He can carry it in. He can pass it up as a laser stretch pass when necessary. He's got a good shot, too. He's a guy who does a little bit of everything. And Aaron Ekblad, I mean, he, he hasn't put up the points you would expect from a number one draft pick, but he has just been very, very good at controlling that kind of home play area in front of his own net and shutting down chances against. You mentioned Gudis as well. He has really impressed me these playoffs. He's always been kind of a one-trick pony, real physical and not a lot else, but he has been solid in all areas. And not just the blue line, but the way their forwards get back and defend in layers, too. They they just all make smart decisions with and without the puck. They're very, very good at supporting each other and playing as a five-man unit to help out that blue line, which kind of has some underwhelming names on it. And it's it's really shown in how they have taken care of teams throughout these playoffs so far. For sure. Nate, do you have anything you want to say about uh, the – Florida blue line is there anything that really stands out to you in terms of their play I'll tell you um your boy yeah your boy Aaron your boy Aaron Eckblad has really kind of stood out a little bit more this series you know this playoffs definitely more the past series I can't wait to see what he does you know against Vegas's forwards it'll be you know a lot 
I'd say a little more physical, maybe from that Vegas, from those Vegas forwards than Florida's maybe seen. I don't think they saw that that much in the Carolina series, maybe a little bit, but um, I love that you brought that up, dude. I that's a point I I kind of wanted to bring up too. Not just like the forwards, but that whole Vegas team is so much more physical than more physical and a little bit and a little bit more size too yeah. i mean i like i you know i was thinking about it you know i think i said carolina was probably the biggest team that florida had faced yet and now i think vegas might be a little bit bigger oh yeah well and like you think the boston bruins in the first round oh yeah boston you know heavy hockey like all that shit but this really was more of a, a speed based boston team you still had guys like tyler bertuzzi who were mixing it up a little bit but and I mean, Brad Marchand's a huge rat, but the, those guys don't have the size or the, uh, the outside of Bertuzzi, there's really nobody that they face throughout these entire playoffs that plays with the kind of edge, especially as a five-man unit that Vegas does. I mean, they, they just grind you down. And we saw what they just did to Dallas. We saw what they were able to do to a big physical team like Winnipeg. The Florida Panthers are a good team, man, but they're going to have their work cut out for them with this war of attrition Vegas is about to bring. It's just four. It's four lines, man. Yeah, it really is. That fourth line, even that fourth line for um, Vegas with Colasar, Teddy Bluger, like Keegan Colasar, man, has really impressed me in this postseason. Yeah, dude, he's been he's been phenomenal. I think it was game three or four <laughs> of uh, of their second round series. He had like the early goal to get him, you know, get him going. And I was like, dude, they're getting production from. From Keegan Coles, or they're going to get it from everywhere. Dude, just, just ridiculous. So the I think it was yeah, the fine, and, it was the fifth or sixth goal in Game Six against Dallas too. He made just such a heads up smart play. He's carrying the puck out of his end. He has some space to skate. Gets kind of stood up at the blue line before the D can even close the gap. He sends it off the wall. Goes over. I believe it was to uh, Mike Amadio, and instantly just beelines for the net a beautiful pass off the wall little uh, pool players bank right to his guy instantly makes himself available for the the little pass across the slot for the easy goal i mean it's just little heady plays like that man not taking the obvious like let's just pass it back and forth tape to tape but sending pucks to areas where you know the other team can't get him and your guy's gonna win a race that's that's the kind of stuff that has prevailed throughout vegas's lineup Absolutely, but hey, before we get to all of Vegas's lineup, we got to talk about the you know the forwards for the Florida Panthers. Well, yeah, yeah, more, yeah, more so. I wanted to talk to. I, I'll tell yeah. you, Florida. I, I wanted to hop into your point here, Phil. So Florida, yeah. they've they, the way they've won a lot of their games has been by you know especially against Carolina was one zero two zero you know two one. Until like until what was it that game that that last game game five, um that game was four. probably the highest that game, game four. four sorry yeah game four that was the highest scoring one, so um yeah that will be interesting it'll be interesting to see how they're able to especially putting pucks in the net against Aiden Hill who I won't lie just kind of shut down a pretty solid Stars offense. We talk about. Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, and now th- this obviously includes the first game he played against Boston, which was not great, but he's got a 935 save percentage. 
Aiden Hill has a 937 save percentage. Well, I'll get to I'll get to Aiden Hill. I'll get to Aiden Hill when we get to the Vegas topic, but more so just like the the Florida forwards, like the production, the goal scoring wasn't quite there. Yeah, true. In that Carolina series, granted that maybe that's all they needed, but they had a tough time getting pucks past uh, Freddie Anderson. Yeah, you're right. You're and, right about that. And, and honestly, Aiden Hill's been having a little bit of a better playoffs. So that, yeah, that will, and again, we'll get to get Aiden Hill, but they're going to need the guy. They're going to need the Kachucks. They're going to need the Barkovs, your Reinhardts, your Verhagis. They're going to need to start putting pucks in the net. And also, I mean, yeah, it was nice to see Duclair finally get on, you know, get on the score sheet in the playoffs, but that's a guy that you'd also like to see contributing some more apples as well. And again, with his speed, he yeah. should be creating some. He should be creating some disadvantages for teams. You know, he should be that guy. He should be that forward that hangs out a little bit closer to that blue line when you're in your D zone, so that he's able to break out quickly. Because he's got a. He is a lot faster than a lot of other guys on yeah. the blue line, especially on Vegas's blue line. For sure. How long? How long does it, does it take Sam Bennett to just absolutely crunch Mark Stone? First period, second period, he's gonna run right at him. As long as he doesn't he's gonna, do the Jamie Ben there and get suspended, he's gonna go right after Mark Stone. Because if you can, if you can, you know, rock Stoner's world a little bit. I mean, shit. Now, transitioning over to Vegas, they do have Phil Kessel as a little, a uh, little bit of a weapon if they need him. So I'll tell you, we they've been holding, they've been holding on to him, giving him some rest. This might be a time to pull him out. Yeah, if they're having a tough time putting the puck in the net, we might see Phil Kessel. It might be it. It might be time. To, well, even then, I mean, he, you've got you've got a lot of guys out there, but fuck, dude, you throw a Phil Kessel out again. That's a guy that gets down in the gritty areas. He's got a wicked fucking shot, and he gets under skin. Yeah, he's yeah. even old and fat, man. He's still so fast. Like, if you need to combat some of that Panthers speed, then or like say the first game or two man you're just struggling to get anything going just throw him into that bottom six for a little bit of a different look it's nice to have that in your back pocket yep it absolutely is nate we could talk about the vegas forwards at the end here but we got to start with the tendy aiden hill man 937 save percentage in playoffs 937 937 two goals allowed 2.07 goals allowed uh and two shutouts yeah very very Big Con surprise, I would say. Smite. And I don't know. Both those and, and let's and let's just also mention that let's also mention that both those shutouts were in the conference finals. Yeah. I I can't say I'm confident in getting the con Smythe unless he just absolutely has an incredible performance in the cup final and it goes a lot of games and Jack Eichel doesn't do a whole lot just because of that body of work. Like he he came in halfway through the, or really not even halfway at the end of the second round. You you've really only had him in there for one full series so far. If he goes through the Cup Finals, he's gonna have like two and a quarter series under his belt. I I think he's been an incredible performer, but I just think the body of work, like he, unless he does just shocks the world spectacular stuff, I I think we're looking at one of Eichel, Bobrovsky. Kachuk or Dark Horse, a guy that I would love to see win it, William Carlson. Because not only yeah. is he leading his team in goals, he is eating up all the minutes against other teams' top lines, and that's what what's allowing Eichel 
and Stone and all these other guys to produce the way they are. And he's still producing against the top lines while being defensively responsible. Yeah, he is. Underrated he guy. He absolutely is. Um, let's hop over to the blue line here for Vegas. Uh, very talented top to bottom and very good at moving the puck. They stay, you know, they stay home defensively. They're great at their assignment and they get the, they whip the puck around. They get her up ice and they support well. Uh, you know, when they're in the opposing team's offensive zone. So, Nate, good Lord, man. Dude, it's just they're, they really do have just a nice anchoring blue line for this for this playoffs. Um, it's It's been a solid piece for them. They've got at least one, one guy that just stays home, one guy that was really great at staying home. I mean, you're fucking like you're Braden McNabs. Um, I'm trying to pull up. I'm trying to pull up a pairings list right now for you guys, um, but you know, internet seems to be running just ever so slowly today, which yeah. is fun. While you're working on that, man, I'll I'll just say that I, this is not a group of puck movers by like archetype. Basically, it's mm-hmm. the only guys that really are known for moving the puck well are Petrangelo and Shea Theodore, but everybody on that team just plays a, such a good cohesive unit that they it seems like they move the puck better than they ever could as individuals like the the short quick little passes in the d zone to guys like eichel and riley smith and marcia and stone that can carry the puck up ice and like create it's they're just making smart plays and playing as a team to move the puck as a team by committee rather than just like having one fire wagon d man like a an eric carlson or something back there but they, they just play so well as a unit together. That's what really sets them apart from some of these other decors in the playoffs so far. They mesh they mesh very well with the forwards in front of them. They like it's just because again, I meant I'll go back to their size and physicality, but it's it's almost like you're playing and a lot of and a lot of times you're playing against, you know, almost five D men out there. Yeah. With the with the level of physic and I'm now I I finally get the pairings up. You've got Martinez and Petrangelo. McNabb and Theodore, Hag and White Cloud. Yeah. Um. Again, that's just what's listed right here. And they, you know, maybe a little. Uh, I'd like to see a little shakeup on that. White Cloud's I impressed mean, me, man. I. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah, not he see has much he's, of him going into these playoffs, and he's he's really kind of opened my eyes to the player he can be. Yeah, I agree. He's played very very well, taking up fact. a lot, taking up a lot of minutes too. Fun, fun fact. Um. No matter who wins the Stanley Cup, we are going to have a North American Indigenous player win it, Brandon Montour, or uh, Mr. White Cloud. So we have a uh, a Native American or Native Canadian winning the Stanley Cup on either team. So just a fun fact I saw on TikTok today. Uh, just, a very, hey, just a, real- a very a very proud Native American man uh, shared that video. So I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. So I bring that up tonight. Um, but yeah, I agree. Hey, real quick, real quick, just yeah. to bring it up. So, you know, we're talking White Cloud. He's averaging eighteen fifty-two ice time right now in the playoffs. So, and for a third line, for a third line guy, that's pretty solid minutes right there. For sure, for sure. Not the point, not the points guy, but definitely good, good out there on the minutes. Absolutely, Nate. Take us through the, uh, you know, the four lines that we're going to be watch, watching run out there because holy shit, they're deep. Yeah, so your top line, Eichel, Marcia Show on the right wing, Barbashev on the left. Mm. Then uh, then second line, Stevenson centering Howden and Mark Stone. Third line, Carlson centering Micah, 
Mike Amadio. Mike Amadio. And, and Riley Smith. And then fourth line, Nick Waugh centering Keegan Colsar and Will Carrier slash Teddy Bluger slash Phil Kessel. Yeah, they're deep. They're very yeah. deep. So that's a lot of a lot of playoff experience and a, a lot of cups on that team too. Um, I personally love Barbashev on that top line. Uh, forever for a Matthew Kachuk and a Sam Bennett on on one side, you got a Barbashev that'll throw his body around, you know, gets it on the forecheck, really digs pucks out of there. So um, they do have that physicality, uh, that physical matchup that you have with, uh, you know, to compete with Florida's you know aggressive forward. So. Um, that Barbashev trade just once again we've kind of harped on it on here but it looms large yeah I think Nate brought that up when we did the uh, Vegas Dallas preview man I mean Barbashev he really turned it on that conference final especially he he not only brought the physicality but he contributed a lot offensively too so he's been a nice addition for them absolutely and dude yeah, I mean, oh, Barb- yeah I mentioned it yeah I mentioned it in the last round but Barbashev has been fucking huge for them it's been <laughs> He was a little, a little more quiet in that last series against Dallas, but honestly, man, again, it, Vegas has been really good about just having that guy, you know, having a guy that steps up in a series and really, it, it's not the same guy. It seems to be a different guy, you know, in the Vegas or in the uh, in the Winnipeg series, it seemed it was Stoner. St- that was Stoner series, yeah. and then and then when they got to who who they have second round. Um, Edmonton, Edmonton, dude. Edmonton, yeah. When they got to Edmonton, it seemed to be, it was a lot of Eichel, and then they got to Dallas, and it seemed to be a lot more Mar or or sorry, Edmonton was a lot of Barbershop too, and then you got into Dallas, and Marsha show stole the fucking show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you yeah, guys got did. predictions for this series? Well, before we get to predictions, I wanted to do one thing first. I wanted to talk about, you know, comparing the tendies the decor and then the uh you know the forwards and then talk about special teams real quick and then x factor and then prediction does that work cool Let's cool. buzz through uh, it. yeah it will do the snake uh we can start with tendies and nate we'll start with you and then we'll we'll snake to me and then we'll do defense snake back and then forward snake back and then we can do like a little matchup like which one do we like against which one um so nate which team do you think has the goaltender advantage giving it to vegas Wow. Giving it to Vegas, yeah. I know Bob's been. I know Bob's been on a heater. I know he has. But, and I've said that. I said this. I think every step of the way. Is this the one? Is this the one? Is this the one? But, dude, Vegas. I'm. I'm anxious to see Vegas's forwards. I think they might have the recipe for it. I'm. I'm going Florida all day. Sergey Bobrovsky's got way more experience. Aiden Hill's a third stringer. Yeah, he's had an awesome run. I think he's going to be a good goalie in this league. But I, I just like Bob's experience and the work that he's done against some really potent offenses behind a more shallow defense. So I'm giving it to him. I also, but, but behind Aiden Hill is Jonathan Quick. True. Who you got, Phil? And behind, give... and behind Bob is Alex Lyon. Yeah, I'm going to give it to uh, – so I, I've been kind of jostling back and forth here. Excuse me. Choking on nothing. I've been jostling back and forth here, and I'm going to give it to Vegas because young and dumb. He's young enough and dumb enough to not care that Sergey Bobrovsky's on a heater. I think Bob could easily end up being the difference in this series, but I think Aiden Hill is young and dumb enough, and if he's not, 
Well, then you have a guy that's won a Conn Smythe and two Stanley Cups sitting behind him. It'd be very, very poetic for Jonathan Quick to come in and nail a series down for the Vegas Golden Knights. That'd be kind of, kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, I'm going to give it to uh, I'm going to give it to Vegas. Um, also, if Bob struggles, I mean, Christ, you're kind of up shit's creek there. So for me, uh, when we go decors, I don't think I think it's a no-brainer for me. But I'm going to take I'm going to take uh, Vegas here. I don't really think it's much of a question for me. Very talented players for Florida, but as a unit, it's got to be Vegas. Yeah, Vegas has the depth, man. That's that's all I can say. Depth all day. Um, I'll tell you what. I think I might have to go with Florida here, just from a grittiness perspective. Um, no, I take that back. Fuck that. I, Vegas. Fuck it. Yeah. Unit. I, I like it. The entire unit is you, just you too. Smoke and mirrors. Smoke yeah, and mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. Psych, Florida. Fuck you. <laughs> Nate, forwards, who you got? Three for three, Vegas. Yeah, skill, skill, size, physicality. I think a big thing, uh, who's going to be the more disciplined? Who's going to be the more disciplined? That's going to be my, that's, I I know we haven't talked about it yet. Never mind. Uh, But you guys are fucking taking it. I yeah, I I gotta go Vegas. The the talent and the depth purely. If we're just talking about personnel, I gotta go Vegas forward wise. I'm taking Vegas forward wise too. I I think they have a much you know they're they're deeper. I think Florida's great, but I think Florida is a team that that lacks skill on all four lines where Vegas really doesn't. So yeah, true. Um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Vegas boys. Let's have a group discussion here. Uh, special teams. Neither one's been great on the kill in playoffs, but Florida's been better on the power play. I think we're all going to give that one to Vegas. But oh, you dude, know. Florida all day. Okay, twenty-seven percent to eighteen point five percent. I'm taking those numbers. Panthers power plays lights out. But I think I like I think I like Vegas's kill. Vegas's kill has been very very strong through this playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, again, they went through. They made it through the Edmonton series, lest we forget. Yeah, they made it through the Edmonton they scored made... all their goals on the power play. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, true. Yeah, they're they're five on five is elite, but they're special teams, man. I just can't get behind them. They're they they held they held strong against Vegas. I'll say or no, sorry, against Dallas. They held strong against yeah, Dallas. Yeah, they did perform well against Dallas. I'll give them that. Vegas is the team that needs to be more disciplined and take less penalties. If they give Florida the advantage. Florida will take advantage. For sure. If it's five, if it's five on five for a majority of of, of this series, I don't think I, I think that heavily favors Vegas based on what we've talked about, based on analytics, and based on just what we've watched throughout playoffs. If it's five on five, Vegas is definitely um, at, at the advantage there. Uh, Aaron, we'll start with you, and then we'll go to Nate, and then me. Aaron, who is your biggest X? Who is your X factor? Who is the most important player in the series? Uh, dude, mine's not even a player. I'm I'm going with the combination of the coaching and the just team of destiny on Florida. Like they, they've been outmatched personnel wise in every series, except for Carolina with Carolina's forward injuries. And they find a way to win. They play very responsibly, very disciplined. Paul Maurice has done a great job there. I'm going the full, you know, hockey gods are behind the Florida Panthers and they got the guy behind the bench and, you know, Matt Kachuk's not terrible. But I'm just going a whole. It might be a cop out. 
the the whole vibes around Florida right now are my X factor. Nate, I have a feeling who you're going to say, but I want to hear you say it. Um, I mean, definitely going to be. It's just I think both the goaltenders is definitely, or I think just goaltending in general is going to be my X factor. Which goalie who's on the heater is going to come off it? Because both of them are coming into this on fucking heaters. So who's going to fucking go cold? Sure. No, that, that's good. Nate, it's not what I thought you were going to say. Aaron, you said Matthew Kachuk in there, so I'm going <clears> to <throat> leave him off, although I think he might be the biggest X-Factor in the series. Um, my X-Factor is going to be Jack Eichel. Yeah. Jack, Eichel has, Jack Eichel has turned it on in playoffs. A lot of questions early on. Can he, can he perform in playoffs? What's he going to look like? Started off a little slow. He's picked it up. Um, it was between him and Mark Stone for me, but I'm going to go with Jack Eichel. If Eichel can produce at the level he's been producing in the last couple of series and how he's looked throughout playoffs, we may be looking at the con Smythe for him. Fun and fact, he's never I, lost a playoff series. No, he hasn't. And you know what? Maybe he you know, maybe he starts now, maybe he doesn't. But God damn it, it's Jack Eichel been fun to watch. And uh, if he gets to hoist Lord Stanley's Cup before Connor McDavid, that would be very sweet for him. So, um, and very sweet for America. Um, boys... I'll go first since I never do. I always let one of you go first. Not let. I always def default to one of you. Um, I'll go first on this. I've been wrestling back and forth. Uh, Florida team of destiny. I get that. The other part of me is like Vegas is just top to bottom better than them. And your luck eventually runs out. Maybe it's not this year, but eventually your luck runs out. And at the end of the day, I have come to my decision that there are guys on both teams I'd love to see win the cup. Um, as a Blue Jackets fan, it's it's great to watch William Carlson perform at the level he's performing. I think I think it'd be great for Jonathan Quick to go out a three-time cup champion, solidify himself as the best American goaltender of all time, which he already is, but, you know, it can't hurt to win one more cup. Um, and then uh, the flip side, I love Sergei Bobrovsky, always have. And, you know, guys like Anthony Duclair are fun to watch. And, you know, I would love to see him Win a Stanley Cup too. Um, all that being said, I'm going to go with the Vegas Golden Knights in seven games. We're going to have one whale of a fucking series. It's going to be a blast. And when it comes down to it, you know, to brass tacks, uh, we're going to have a game seven in Vegas. And I said early on, do other teams remain more focused because there's so much pageantry? Can they tune it out? And I think Florida's tuned out everything so far, but I think Vegas will be a little too much for them and I'm taking the Vegas Golden Knights in seven games. Aaron, we'll go to you next. What do you got? Who who wins this bad boy? Who raises Lord Stanley's Cup? My head and, like, everything on paper tells me Vegas has the personnel, but Florida just has the vibes, man. I, I can't deny it. I I I think they just caught fire at the right time, man. I, I really do. I, I have picked against them a lot since these playoffs started, and I can't do it anymore. i got to go with the Florida Panthers in six. I don't think they care about the pageantry. It's those guys see that shit every day. It's they're professionals. Florida and six. Florida and six all day. Sergey Bobrovsky, Con Smythe. Love it. I fucking love it. Nate, what do you got, buddy? Boys, I've picked against both these teams and just about every single one of their series along the way. I have hated on both of these teams throughout this entire playoffs. 
this is going this has been the I've been racking my brain on this one the entire episode. And I decided I'd let my whiskey decision for the final shot of the episode choose my team. Boys, going with the red cap, Florida Panthers. They've got, I'd said it earlier, Vegas has got the size, the physicality, but Florida has got the speed, the grittiness, and the fucking mojo. Florida. I like How it. many games? Florida and seven. Seven. All right. Love it. A couple road wins in there for both teams. I love that. Why not, right? We've seen enough of it in playoffs. Why not? Boys, that's, you know what? This is going to be a fun Stanley Cup final. I'm very excited to watch it. It kind of has Blues, uh, Bruins vibes to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It kind of, it kind of, it, it kind of carries that 2019 final for me. Um, before we wrap up this episode, we do got to talk about a few things. One, um, Kyle Dubas is going to be the Pittsburgh Penguins GM. But we do have confirmation that Brad Tree Living is the Toronto Maple Leafs GM. So Brad Tree Living, uh, going from Calgary to Toronto, flight across the country, uh, you know, based on his past, uh, where does he send Mitch Parner? <laughs> Where does he send Mitch Marner, and does he send Austin Matthews somewhere too? Is Christ alive? That's that's what Brad Tree Living's uh, track record says. Um, sell, baby, sell. We can we can hop into speculation. We can do this to the end of time. Yeah, uh, I think we should save the speculation for the off season on that one. It's uh, yeah, you know, this no, guy, no, Brad Tree Living's kind of vanilla to me. It's like yeah, you got another old hockey man going into Toronto. Let's see what happens. Man, I'll tell you what, though, Vegas loses a series, they may make a fucking hell of a push for Austin Matthews. Just saying. Yeah, they always want the sexy new toy <laughs> on the market. Yeah, they sure do. So uh, that was just a fun thought I had. But, um, no, uh, that's just a little bit of news. And, you know, there's other other small things going on in the NHL, but we're trying to keep it focused on, uh, you know, the big task in hand here. So um, does anybody have a comment on either one of those GM decisions before we, uh, you know, give our final thoughts and wrap her up? Nah, I do not. I think we beat up the Dubas thing last week, and we we can. Yeah, I, we'll be doing some team previews coming up too, and I think we can talk about that. There were a couple coaching decisions too that took place. Um, yep. You got Andrew Burnett going to Nashville, so uh, we'll break that down once we get to the Predators, I think. But it's yeah, there's we're starting to get into that season where you see moves and personnel start to move around. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, we're absolutely there. So. Um, before we wrap up, guys, don't forget to go follow us at Beerly Hockey on Twitter. Go to the Beerly Sports Instagram account, throw over a follow, and make sure you guys go on and check out our merch. Uh, we also have the Batman Hates Us merch. Send it to a friend that's either a Ducks or a Blue Jackets fan or maybe another team that you think Batman might hate as well. Or maybe it's your team. Maybe you think you hate your team because everybody seems to hate Kim Jong Batman because he's so affectionate. If it's not in your colors, not in your colors, maybe we'll make it for you. Maybe we won't, but maybe we yeah. will. Yeah, let us know. DM us. We're happy to, uh, you know, take some custom orders if uh, if you want us to. We'll price it out and let you know. But that'll just about wrap up this episode of the Beerly Hockey Podcast. Nate, we'll start with you. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? Like I said it once, I'll say it again. My least ideal Stanley Cup final. It'll be entertaining, that's for sure. I'll watch it. You, you won't, you know, no doubt about that. But am I going to be a pissed off? salty motherfucker while I watch it. Yeah, I am. When are you not, buddy? When are you not? Aaron, <laughs> That's true. Aaron, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap her up? Love to see the cup going to a new home. Uh, small markets. 
in the Stanley Cup final. Everybody wants to bitch about it, but it's good for the game. I think it helps grow. So uh, happy, happy for both these teams getting there. Really hope it's a long series. Yeah, a long series is ideal. Every game will uh, puck drop at 8 o'clock Eastern time, 5 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, so keep that in mind. Uh, it'll be universal time slots there. Um, yeah, boys, what a time to be a Miami sports fan. You got the Heat and the Panthers. Could you imagine if they both win? Holy shit. If they, yeah. Imagine if they both win in seven, too. Like, and, and the travel for both is crazy. You got the Heat going to play the Nuggets, so they're both doing similar travel patterns, too. So good to learn, man. That's also my other beef with Florida. Like, I'm sorry. You can't – they need to make up their mind. They can't be the Florida Panthers anymore. They either got to be the, the the Fort Lauderdale or they got to be Miami. Pick one because there's two teams down there. Hey, man. Fuck off. You can't, you can't claim the entire state anymore. Ryan, Mike, yours with Nate. <laughs> Yeah, Nate's don't give me don't no don't give me a whole segment like that. <laughs> Nate, Nate, Nate's just absolutely buzzing here at the end. Um, no, that'll just wrap up this episode of the Beerly Hockey Podcast for Nate McBride and Aaron Kinney. I'm Phil Razor saying Beerly Hockey. Here as well with Bruce and being pissed off. Hello, broadcast boys.